You're listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast, a weekly show of our Sunday sermons that give you a way to connect with God, grow in faith, and find wholeness. Thanks for joining us. Here's the message. So thanks for being with us this morning. I was really, really wishing we could be together in person today um, because I want to ask you a question I'd love to see your responses to. How many of you were fans of Weird Al Yankovic growing up? Raise your hands, right? Raise your hands if you're a fan of Weird Al Yankovic growing up. Maybe you still are today, right? Um, So Weird Al, for those unfamiliar, was an American, or he is, he's still alive, an American singer, mostly well known for his parodies, his humorous songs that make light of pop culture, often parodying specific songs. They can be quite fun. Now, for me, growing up, I was kind of taught to steer clear of Weird Al because he was, alas, a non-Christian musician. And in Bible college, I was introduced to a similar parody band, although Christian, called Apologetics. Apologetics with an X. So some of their famous parody songs include The Real Sin Savior. We're not going to Canaan. And the story of a squirrel. This is the story of a squirrel who got reserved when he drowned the whole world. While things look so dark and Noah's Ark was absolutely flooded, yet she's fine. Some classics right there sort of makes you wonder who is <laughs> who is parroting whom, right? <laughs> who is spoofing whom? <laughs> I remember back in Bible college, got to get it together here. Remember back in Bible college, uh, playing the real sin savior, blasting it out in the halls, and my RA came down because it was during the week of college days, which is the week in which high school students and their youth pastors would come and bring them to the campus to check it out. And obviously, my RA was concerned that these visiting high schoolers and youth pastors may not be able to decipher between the real slim shady by Eminem and you know, the different lyrics that Apologetics Real Sin Savior had done. And, uh, you know, he didn't want there to be concern about the moral and ethical values of the current student body, we might say. Parodies and spoofs are a lot of fun, and certainly the movie Spaceballs comes to mind as one really well-known spoof or parody movie. In more recent times, the actor and comedian Sasha Baron Cohen has really... uh, That's been his real claim to fame in many ways, is his parody or his spoof movies. Uh, Even NPR recently did a report on him. Sasha Baron Cohen is nominated for two Oscars, Best Supporting Actor for his portrayal of Abby Hoffman in The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Best Adapted Screenplay for Borat's subsequent movie film. Yaksumash, my name is Borat. 
My life is nice. Not. With characters like Borat, Cohen's outrageous pranks are supposed to challenge people's beliefs and hold the powerful to account. Did you notice that last line, and I cut the interview off, or the story off there, but did you notice that last line the reporter mentioned? That good parodies are meant to challenge people's beliefs and hold the powerful accountable. They're meant to challenge people's beliefs and hold the powerful accountable. While I'll confess that Sasha Baron Cohen's style of humor hasn't always been to my taste, I appreciate what he's trying to do. Challenging people's beliefs and opinions and holding the powerful accountable is not always easy to do. For one, human beings tend to be pretty locked and loaded into what we think or believe. And for the most part, no amount of rationalizing or logical conversation is going to convince us to change our minds. But more so, the powerful tend to not like being challenged at all, often snuffing out criticism quite literally at times. Enter the spoof or the parody. A good parody has a way of relaxing us and bringing down our mental roadblocks while subtly revealing the problems in our thinking, but also doing so in a way that reveals our thoughts or our line of thinking to be foolish and ridiculous. For example, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's recent movie Borat 2 is a very much a deliberate attempt to mock and deride conservative politics in America, but not just that, it's ultimately meant to reveal it as foolish and ridiculous. Now, at this point, you're probably wondering to yourself, what the heck, Lauren, what the heck does anything, any of this have to do with Palm Sunday? Today is, after all, Palm Sunday, the Sunday in the Christian calendar year where we celebrate and remember Jesus' what's known as Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. At that time, Jerusalem was the center of political power, economic power, and religious power in the nation, ancient nation of Israel. And at the center of that power was the Roman Empire. Rome was the occupying military power in that ancient nation of Israel, and they were the ones ultimately in charge, right? So I want to read you the story of Jesus' entry here in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. The Bible says the next day, and I apologize, my dogs are going bonkers outside. The Bible says the next day, the great cloud, great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered these things that had been written of him and had been done to him. In many churches and traditions, Palm Sunday is a celebratory day, with folks waving palm branches uh, with often a festive atmosphere. I always try to sneak in this song from Michael B. Smith, this classic 80s song, Hosanna, that seems to capture the mood well. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. 
What many don't understand about this triumphal entry, so-called triumphal entry, is that Jesus here is mimicking a Roman military procession. See, in those days, Roman military, the Roman military would come to a city as conquering heroes, having just brutally defeated another nation or army. The commanding general would ride in through the city gates and a mighty, uh, riding on a mighty war horse, surrounded by his troops with the people of the city clamoring around, gathering around, celebrating the victory and honoring the conquering hero. Authors of Marcus Borg and Dominic Crossan say it this way. Pontius Pilate, the ruler then of Jerusalem, the Roman ruler, would have entered with a visual array of imperial power, cavalry on horses, foot soldiers, leather armor, helmets, weapons, banners, golden eagles mounted on poles, sun glinting on metal and gold, the marching of feet, the creaking of leather, the clinking of bridles, the beating of drums. An oppressive parade, no doubt. As Debbie Thomas writes, according to Roman imperial belief, the emperor was not simply the ruler of Rome, he was also divine, considered to be the son of God. So for the empire's Jewish subjects, the people of Jerusalem and of the nation of Israel, Pilate's procession was both a potent military threat and the embodiment of a rival theology. It was armed heresy on horseback, she writes. And while on the surface what Jesus does looks the same, if we look a little closer, we notice important distinctions. He's actually creating a parody. He's spoofing the Roman Empire and the leaders of Jerusalem. While Pilate would have ridden in from the west on a powerful, mighty horse, Jesus rides in from the east on a lowly donkey, riding the most unthreatening, most unmilitary mount imaginable, a female nursing donkey with her little colt trotting alongside behind trotting alongside her. Reading the story in the Bible, it's hard to know how many people caught onto the joke. The, the story in John writes that not even the disciples quite caught on to what was happening until after the fact. I mean, in some ways, that's the point, right? A good parody has to have some kind of plausible deniability. Like, there's got to be some way of, like, plausible deniability, saying, like, that's not really what we meant. It makes people think. Like, maybe the timing of Jesus' entry just happened to coincide with Pilate's. Maybe Jesus just happened to find a donkey because that was the only one available. Maybe that's all he could find. Maybe the people just got a little carried away and shouting, Hosanna, which literally means save us. Maybe it was just all coincidence, right? Or maybe it was an elaborate ruse meant to cause people to think without completely angering and enraging the very people who would have Jesus crucified just a few days later. Either way, it took guts, it took courage, it took heart. And as writer and author Denise Anderson reminds us, courage comes from the Latin word core, which means heart. And while Sasha Baron Cohen's jokes and gags certainly require audacity, Confronting the most powerful military might in the then-known world and revealing it to be ridiculous and blasphemous took a courage and tenacity most of us will never know. Even then, on this Palm Sunday, 
uh, the day that we remember Jesus spoofing the global military might, the global superpower of his day, and his mockery of the Jewish religious leaders who had cozied up, who had cozied up to that Roman Empire, that oppressive empire, I want us to think about how we might act with more courage and conviction and heart in confronting systems of evil and oppression in our own time. This past week, our community was rocked by yet another mass shooting tragedy. Ten precious lives were lost by the actions of a gunman terrorizing a neighborhood grocery store with what's reported to be an AR-15. If you're like me, you can hardly bear to read the news headlines of yet another tragedy as our state has seemingly suffered endlessly from mass shooting after mass shooting. Columbine, Arapahoe High School, the Aurora Theater shooting, the Thornton Walmart shooting, the Highlands Ranch STEM School shooting, countless lives unnecessarily lost. I want to take a moment just to honor the lives lost. When I think about mass shootings and par parodies, what, what comes to mind is uh, that headline from the famous satirical site, The Onion, which reads, no way to prevent this says only nation where this regularly happens. I can't help but think what America needs right now isn't another political rally or law in the books, although each have their place. Rather, I think what we need is a spoofing of gun culture as we know it. A parody that can reveal the foolishness and ridiculousness of our country's love affair with guns. We need to openly spoof the idea that guns are simply tools no different than a screwdriver. We need to ridicule the idea that an AR-15 is simply a hunting rifle. And we need to openly mock and ridicule the idea that someone would go out and buy a gun as a reaction to a mass shooting. It's only after we reveal the foolishness and ridiculousness of gun culture in America that perhaps we can finally bring an end to these seemingly endless mass tragedies. But doing so will take courage, it will take heart, it will take guts. The same kind of guts that Jesus displayed when he came into Jerusalem boldly mocking the Roman military might. And while the rulers of our day don't quite possess don't quite possess the same unfettered power to, that ultimately would crucify Jesus. The political, cultural, and economic power of the gun culture and the gun lobby in America should not be taken lightly, nor will they respond well to being spoofed and to being parodied. Yet as followers of Jesus, I believe that nothing aligns more with the way of Jesus than resisting systems of power and revealing them to be ridiculous and corrupt. In this Palm Sunday story, Jesus demonstrates both an ethic and a practical example. First, Jesus reveals the ethic that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we must resist systems of oppression and violence. And second, Jesus shows to us a practical way 
of challenging powerful systems, that of the parody or the spoof. And while many Christians might feel sick to their stomach at the thought of this, in truth, Sasha Baron Cohen allies more with the way of Jesus than Christian leaders who cozy up to the gun lobby or align themselves with callous politicians. In truth. So I want to invite you this morning to consider to think about what parroting or spoofing might look like. In my mind, I imagine a spoof video in which someone's taking an AR-15 and trying to hammer a nail into a wall. Someone firing bullets into a wall as an attempt to drill a hole. Someone taking the buttstock of a rifle trying to dig a hole to show the ridiculousness of this comparison that guns are simply tools. I also imagine a religious ceremony in which people are bowing down, worshiping this gun idol, creating religious rituals around the worship of this idolatry to show the ridiculousness of this gun culture, this gun idolatry, this gun worship in our nation. Look, I understand that guns and gun controls are a controversial topic in our nation. And I say this as a gun owner myself, that I believe we can only make progress when we are willing to repent of the idolatry of gun culture, of gun worship, of gun idolatry in our nation. We can only make progress when we are willing to resist systems of oppression, systems of evil. We can only make progress when we align ourselves with peace, systems that bring peace and healing. I want to invite you to consider today, in what ways do you find yourself needing to take more courage and heart? Maybe it's around this issue of gun violence. Maybe it's around another system of oppression, such as patriarchy or racism or LGBT homophobia. What do you think about the ethic of resisting systems of violence and oppression? In what ways do you find yourself already acting courageously, acting with heart? And what are some practical ways? What are some practical ways we can do this? We can spoof the powerful. I invite you to join me for a discussion around this rather emotional, controversial topic. We'll be having our Zoom group shortly after this message is over, and I invite you to join us for that conversation. Let's have a prayer. God, we lift up the families of those suffering from the loss of a loved one this morning. We lift up those dealing with PTSD and nightmares of the violence that they experienced. God, we pray for healing in our nation. We pray to an end of gun idolatry and gun worship. We pray for peace. We pray for courage to overcome systems of repression and evil. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast. 
You can watch our weekly services on Facebook Live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And to learn more about joining a group or serving with us, visit our website at mgthornton.org. 